How would it impact you if you heard that a law was passed in our country that you couldn't pray for 30 days? Doesn't sound so far-fetched, does it? Well, in Daniel chapter 6, the famous lion's den, that's exactly what happened. And Daniel took a stand on his knees. I pray that the Lord will help strengthen us when we face our lion's dens. We'll learn more about that struggle with faith and honoring God today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get to today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. These men said, verse 5, we shall not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to what? With regard to the law of his God. They searched. They looked in his closet. They did a little background checking. They, they tried to find old video footage, whatever it may be. They could find nothing anywhere in Daniel. No corruption, no indiscretions, nothing. Just think about that for a second. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? That, that the enemies of Daniel had to say, the only way that we're going to get this guy is if it's in regard to the law of his God, which tells you that Daniel's faith was not a secret. Some Christians seem to be convinced that their faith needs to be a secret in certain locations. No, it doesn't. Now, you don't need to be obnoxious at work. You don't need to be obnoxious at school. But people that you've worked with for a while should have an indication that you're a Christian. If not, something's wrong. Sometimes you may have worked with a person for many years and they, they find out you're a Christian and you find out they're a Christian and you're like, I didn't know. We've been working together since 1994. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You have to have witnessed to somebody in the company some indication, something, a gospel tract, something, right? So Daniel had a very public faith. And I think it's just because it flowed out of him. He didn't have to force it. You know, evangelism is the natural overflow of a heart in love with God. Prayer is a natural overflow of a heart in love with God. You don't have to force it. It's just who you are. If you're a Christian, it's just who you are. Amen? And so you, you obviously have to be wise and winsome about how you share and how you uh, deal with people at the company or at school or in your family, all of that. And so they couldn't find anything except in regard to the law of his God. And I had to park here, and in, in my notes I just wrote, wow, could that be said about me? <laughs> Could that be said about you? That they wouldn't find any other issues, no skeletons falling out of the closet, unless it was in regard to something that you wouldn't compromise regarding your faith. Well, these commissioners and satraps, verse 6, came by agreement. They went as a group to the king and spoke to him as follows. They said, King Darius, live forever. That's a common greeting to a king. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the high officials, the governors, have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction 
that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Hey, king, we've come up with a new program. We put our heads together, all the satraps, all the leaders and stuff. We've got a great new program for the company. Instead of employee of the month, it's going to be God of the month. And it's you, king. We want you to be the God of the month. We have a special sp parking space for you. We've got your picture on the bulletin board. Kling! King Darius, God of the month, right? And we just got, we came up with a document here, and we want you to sign it that you are not just deity of the day, you're deity of the month. How's that sound? Now, if you're the king, you're like, now, Persian kings were known for claiming that they were some sort of god, some sort of deity. In fact, as you move down historically, the Roman emperors began to claim that they had either god-like uh, qualities or some of them claimed that they were the savior of the world. And in fact, when persecution began to rise in the Roman Empire, it was because the Christians would refuse to say that Caesar is Lord. The Romans would put up with the Christian church in the first century in worshiping Jesus, but what they wouldn't put up with was when a Christian at a certain festival refused to say that Caesar was Lord. That got the Christians in trouble. And so Darius is being stroked, you know, his ego's being stroked, and uh, they go to the king. But of course, we know what their motives are, right? Who are they after? They're after Daniel. They know that they can't get Daniel in trouble unless it re regards the law of his God. So they're manipulating their way to get their will done. They're using the king. Now, O king, verse 8, establish the injunction, sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Note in your uh, notes, if you're taking notes, Esther 1.19 and 8.8, which does confirm that once a king signed an edict like this, that it could not be revoked even by his own word. The document kind of sealed the injunction or the law. So once he signed the law, they knew that they would have their way. The king, King Darius, signed the document. Uh, you might want to sleep on something before you sign a document. Amen. We've all had those contracts before. We've all had salespeople trying to get us to buy in the spur of the moment. This deal is only good for the next 15 minutes. You've got to sign right now. Somebody says that to you, exit stage left. The deal will be good uh, two hours and 15 minutes later because if you've ever walked out of a car dealer, when they say 15 minutes, that's all we got here, they'll call you the next day. Hey, by the way, we can sweeten that deal now that you've left the dealership, right? That's a ploy, and that's all that that is. So King Darius signed the document. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now, in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. Daniel continued to pray. If anyone, verse 7, prays, makes a petition to any god besides you, O king, for 30 days, he'll be cast into the lion's den. End of verse 7. I'm sure Daniel knew it. Daniel knew about the document. Verse 10, he knew that the document had been signed. And yet he entered his house. He didn't close the window. He continued kneeling, notice, three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously.
Now, if you knew that a document had been signed that said if you prayed to any other God but Darius for 30 days, you'd be thrown into a lion's den. Let me remind you what a lion's den is. It's a place that you're thrown where they starve lions so that the moment that you hit the ground, they eat you. You are their lunch, dinner, breakfast. You're dead. Would you pray? Can I ask you an even more convicting question? Would it affect your devotional life very much if a law in America came down the pike and said, you can't pray for 30 days? You can't read your Bible for 30 days? Would that mess with your schedule? Well, we'd all say, I hope so. We all would like to say, man, I, I would respond in faith. I would get down on my knees. I don't care about what the government says. I don't care about, but look, when the document says if they catch you and you know people at, in your neighborhood or in the company are just looking for a way because they're jealous of you to kill you and you know that if your windows are open, they've probably been already hanging around. You've probably already seen the paparazzi outside the house, you know, the Persiazzi, whatever they are trying to, to catch you, what would you do? Would you go home after knowing a document? Would you discuss it with some of your friends? Would you say, Lord, for the next 30 days, I'm going to pray standing. Uh, Lord, I'm going to shut my windows because I just need to pray in, to you in private, right? But Daniel had a conviction and he would not stop what he had done previously. He prayed Verse 10, he gave thanks before God. The Bible tells us to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Short little exhortations. We're to rejoice always. We're to pray without ceasing. We're to give thanks in everything. Listen, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks on the 91 freeway? No, that's not God's will. <laughs> can, can that be God's will? To, to be a thankful person, to, to do everything in prayer, to not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make your requests made known to God. And the Bible says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? That's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do you believe those, those verses? There's a promise. So Daniel, probably in his 80s at this point, had a pattern of prayer. We all need one. I don't know if yours and mine needs to be three times a day in prayer on our knees, but could I suggest that maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea? Could I suggest that if you spent three times a day on your knees for one minute, that maybe your prayer life would improve and it would move from a minute to five minutes? And I'm speaking to myself as well. You see, this is, this is why we've heard sermons about dare to be a Daniel. One writer says, you pray as your face is set towards Jerusalem or Babylon. Jerusalem representing the city of God, Babylon the city of man. This writer says, most of the world begins the day, the lunch hour and the evening, looking toward the world and hoping to get something from it. But the Christian believer looks to the Lord and his promises 
and enters each new day by faith with a grateful heart. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, what do you know about the occult? In the month of October, the number one theme is Halloween. Houses are decorated and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holidays trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. One writer says, you pray as your face is set towards Jerusalem or Babylon. Jerusalem representing the city of God, Babylon, the city of man. This writer says, most of the world begins the day, the lunch hour and the evening, looking toward the world and hoping to get something from it. But the Christian believer looks to the Lord and his promises and enters each new day by faith with a grateful heart. God is calling you and me to spend some time on our knees looking towards Jerusalem, looking towards the Lord, looking towards the city of God. I'm not talking about the literal Jerusalem because Jesus straightened that out in John 4 when he said, look, it's not that mountain or this mountain. What God really wants is for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not about where you face. It's not about the posture per se, but it is about your heart. It is about your gaze. It is about where you're looking and what you're looking for in your life and to whom you are looking. Daniel said, I'm looking to the city of God. A believer who knows how to kneel in prayer will find strength, the strength of God to stand in trials. Let me say that one more time. A believer who knows how to kneel in prayer will find strength to stand in trials. Jim Elliott said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And brothers and sisters, tonight, I think a recommitment to our prayer life is probably more important than we could imagine. But I will tell you that prayer meetings in churches and prayer times before services are the least attended things that we do as a church. Why is that? Well, maybe because it's hard to make prayer a priority. Maybe because some of us don't know how to pray. We've all, maybe, you know, as newer believers, we've all experienced the pressure of praying in a group of people, right? And some of us have concluded that if you pray with a group of people, you must pray in King James English, right? Thou us, Lord. And, and have you ever noticed that certain people, maybe that you've known in kind of everyday activities, when they go into prayer, just something happens to them, they change, you know. Look, I understand the passion in prayer, but here's the thing. When you pray, it's just simply about communing with heaven. And maybe it's a little bit more about listening than it is about talking. <laughs> it, it's about a heart attitude more than anything else. 
So these men, verse 11, came by agreement. They found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. They found exactly what they're expecting. They knew, these men, call them unbelievers, knew Daniel well enough to know that if they got the king to sign the edict, Daniel would pray. They knew it was going to happen. That's how consistent he was. They found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Have you ever been caught praying? Have you ever had a child walk into the room and say, oh, 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 oops, sorry, sorry, mom, sorry, dad. I didn't realize you were praying. (laughs) Have you ever been somewhere on your knees, maybe in that secret place and a loved one or somebody walked in on you praying? It's not a bad thing to get caught praying. Now, don't position yourself so you look super spiritual, you know. Stick your head out the door. (laughs) Heard a story of a kid that was praying out loud for a new bicycle. And he was praying especially aloud. And the mom could hear him from his bedroom. And he was praying something like this. Oh, Lord, would you bless me with a new bicycle? So she came in. She said, Johnny, why are you praying so loud? He said, well, I'm praying to the Lord for a new bike. But I also wanted daddy to hear. I heard a story about a young Catholic boy, a very Catholic household. They had a room with a statue to the Virgin Mary, and uh, they had candles and all the special stuff. And so he had been praying for a skateboard, but the the family was very poor. And, uh, you know, his birthday came and went, no skateboard. Christmas came and went, no skateboard. So it was desperate time, desperate measures. So he went into the room with the statue of the Virgin Mary and the candles and everything. He stole the statue. And he went running out into another part of the room. And he stashed the statue away and he came back into the room with the candles and the altar and everything. And he said, God, if you ever want to see your mother again, I want a skateboard. <laughs> Well, they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. And they said, did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man beside you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? You did that, right? And the king answered, well, the statement is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king. Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, those Jews, you know, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but he keeps making his petition three times a day. He's still praying to another God, the God of the Jews, besides you. James Boyce, who's since gone to be with the Lord in heaven, said, if we practice our religion on the reservation and do not attempt to bring it out to the real world, the world will tolerate us. But if we determine to take a stand on any important issue on the basis of genuine religious principle, the fury of our secular society will break all bounds. Watch the culture get ferocious, to use the image of Daniel in the lion's den, when you take a public stand on the Bible. But see, this is what's going on in our culture right now. They don't mind it if we're cloistered behind these walls and we're speaking biblical truth. But go out 
into the public square, go out into the college setting and say, this is what the Bible teaches, look out. Well, that's what Daniel did. He kept the windows open. They caught him praying and they told the king. And as soon as the king heard the statement, verse 14, this statement, he was deeply distressed and he set his mind on delivering Daniel and even till sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, recognize, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may be changed. It can't be avoided. You sign the document. They knew he was scurrying around because he had regret. He was about to make Daniel the key leader over the entire kingdom under him, his right-hand man. And he realized that he had been used. You ever been there before? You ever had somebody manipulate you and sneak through a side door or a back door and all of a sudden a document is signed and all of a sudden now you're on the hook and you have great regret because you realize that this is going to not only cost you, it's going to cost people that you love. Well, the king was stuck and he did everything he could, but he knew that he couldn't revoke the law because he had signed it. He knew he had been manipulated, but there's nothing he could do. And so he gave orders, almost similar to Pontius Pilate. And Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, and uh, the way my understanding of the lion's den is they would have uh, like an open hole at the top and they would have different places for the lions and they could open like a door and the lions could be led into a certain chamber underneath the ground. So Daniel's dropped into the den. The lions are probably in another den and they're being held there for the moment. And here's what the king said. The king said to Daniel, your God whom you constantly serve will himself deliver you. And I don't know if that's a question. The NIV says, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. I couldn't save you. I'm sorry, Daniel, but this God that you serve all the time, may he be your deliverer. I can't save you. I pray he can. And you know what? He can. And he's already shown it several times in the book of Daniel that he can come into fiery furnaces and he can bring deliverance. But did the king really believe? I'm not sure he did because we're going to see that he is not able to sleep that night. But into the den he goes with well wishes from the king. Hebrews 11.33 says, By faith, people of faith in the great hall of faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18, but the Lord, when no one supported me, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and bring me safely home into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Paul said, I was delivered from the lion's mouth, probably some sort of mortal danger. So notice, as we think about the typology, as I mentioned earlier, a stone was brought, 17, laid over the mouth of the den, and the king, <coughs> excuse me, sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing might be changed in regard to Daniel. A stone was brought 
and laid over the mouth of the den. And I don't have to really tell you the connection, do I? Because Jesus was put in a tomb and a stone was rolled over the tomb. And we're told in Matthew 27 that a seal was put on the tomb. And when they put a seal on the tomb, it was kind of stretched with rope and it had like a signet impression. And if you broke the seal, you were breaking the authority of the legal government of the time, whether it be Rome or the Medo-Persian Empire. It was like a, an extra warning. So the tomb was sealed and it would seem that Daniel's fate was sealed just as it would seem that Jesus's fate was sealed. We want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Well, here we find ourselves in the fall, quickly moving towards Halloween or All Hallows Evening. We have a special offer for you. It's called Dark Dangers of the Occult. In this series, we expose the occult for what it is and shine the light and power of Christ upon it. What is the occult, you might ask? Well, it really comes from that which is occluded, hidden, secret, mysterious, esoteric, behind the veil. And for the Christian, something that's forbidden. Some people have opened the door to the occult and opened their lives to very dark and sinister things. But there's hope, hope in the gospel of Christ and hope for those who have opened that door when they come to Jesus Christ. If you want to find out more about this product, reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH, or check out the website, walkintruth.com. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.